1: Berwick BMW Making a new car resolution Start your new year in new wheels From Berwick BMW Rotoflex World leading biomechanical design by Blunston Stability meets the freedom to move Available at participating retailers now The
2: Run Home Cincinnati, Cincinnati. We got a team right here at County. Never let us down them bangles, they can and kick and run. to beat them and tackle, watch Come on, Adam, come
3: with me. Bangles. <laughs> uh, Not about a jingle who they think gonna beat them Bengals? Nobody. That's right, nobody's going to beat the Cincinnati Bengals A little self-indulgent off the top But uh, good afternoon, welcome play, to the run home I felt like I did The uh, energy I put into cheering for the mighty Cincinnati Bengals found a uh another person in Melbourne who goes for the Bengals too JJ Wolf who's yes. about to two JJ's who's about to uh Both Bengals fans play uh in his uh fourth round match at Melbourne Park but uh this is the run home my name's Josh Jenkins that's Adam Cooney, who's uh made the trek up the M1 Very hey young, Jr.
1: Josh and, um
3: fair voice Melbourne uh Look, i got nothing to do with Never that. Never gets old. I think it's disrespectful to play that little stinger, but um, clearly the sizzle man doesn't. So, uh, how are you? I'm
2: really good. Mm. Refreshed. You had a good weekend. Did you? Kid free. I've got one in Adelaide at the moment, spending a few days over there with family. Mm. I couldn't, unfortunately, get over there due to work commitments. Mm-hmm. One uh, took off for the weekend. Yep. And my youngest daughter had a sleepover Friday and Saturday night at a friend's house. Wow! So, I was kid you free all off. weekend, so I thought I'd treat the darling. We had a night away in Did Geelong you? on the waterfront. Excuse me, you, where'd you go? Just a night away in, uh, in Geelong. You live in Geelong? Yeah. You don't need to go far to explore <laughs> the region. Could have at least gone to Melbourne. Why? Stuck up to Crown or something. Nah, nah, I need to check. I don't go to Geelong very often. Yarra, uh, the Yarra Valley or somewhere? I don't need to go to Geelong very often because you've got Balesford? everything you need out in Batesford. <laughs> got the Roadhouse. So hang on. The Batesford Hotel. That's it. Ch- you, chickens lay the eggs.
3: You've jumped in the Pint. car. You've driven twelve minutes to stay in a in a in a hotel or a motel or a hotel, a accommodation of some sort.
2: Hotel had a voucher.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you had a voucher. Had a voucher. <laughs> oh. Oh, I needed to use the voucher. Oh, you had a voucher.
2: But she didn't know that.
3: So how was it? It was. We don't need the intimate details In, which
2: well it was good oh yeah, just
3: generally speaking, how was it first couple were...
2: no it was good it was it was good fun uh, we had a a weekend um of stress free activity, yeah huh? yeah, but uh, what I will say is what's happening and what has happened to this world where everything is just outrageously expensive, yeah I'm talking forty dollars for parking. At the what? hotel. 40? 40? 40! Just to park the bus up. Wow. Talking $22 for a cocktail these days. For one cocktail? 22 for one cocky. Classy cocktail. Isn't that just <laughs> outrageous? So we I mean, One cocktail, 22 smackers. Yep. And we we put down a few as well. And oh, I so it's was 44 around. 44 around. And they don't last too long. So I've had a few of those. So it ended up being quite an expensive Well, weekend. luckily you had a voucher. Luckily I had the uh, <laughs> the Mark voucher to use. <laughs> for the room. <laughs> for the room. So it would have been a $1,000 night. Cheapers. Yeah. Well, oh, I what's had a happen? similar... Like, uh, it's very expensive why? to live these days, isn't it? It is. It and is. And to enjoy yourself. A huge show. We're not going to talk about,
3: uh, you know, the, uh, the, the woes of the world. No, we are. We'll, uh, we we'll do
2: talk it. about whatever I want to discuss.
3: Well, at 3.40, can we speak to Steve Salisbury? Can we sneak him in to we talk all talk things about NFL?
2: A, the National Football League?
3: At 4.05, can we sneak in Dean Vickerman? Oh, the, Big D. The uh, head coach of the hottest team in the NBL, Melbourne United.
2: Steamrolling into the finals.
3: At 4.40, just after 4.30, can we speak to a man we haven't spoken to in some time? The one, the only. The tinny man, Adam Peacock. Our man. Our man on the ground. He <laughs> should just be in studio doing the show with us. I agree. I agree. Be Our man, value, I think. Adam Peacock will join us. So, uh, Steve Salisbury to talk the NFL. Huge morning in uh, the National Football League this morning, as well as yesterday, of course. This morning, if you haven't caught up and you don't want to know, just block the ears. Cincinnati, Cincinnati. my Bengals, 27, Buffalo 10. The Bills are done. Played in the snow, uh, that game up there in Western New York. And the Niners beat Dallas 19-12 to to advance in a very uh, hard-fought game. So, Cincinnati will play Kansas City next week in the AFC Championship game. Of course, that uh, is the same matchup that we had last year. And San Francisco, the 49ers, the California boys, will go all the way across to Philadelphia to meet the number one seeds, Billy. So there's only four left. And then there were four. Right. And I watched. there the... were four. Championship weekend, they call it. This I week. watched
2: your game, your boys. Yes. And... I'm trying to get into the sport. Mm. I watched uh, the game yesterday morning mm. in the hotel room mm. as well. Mm-hmm. So I was sleeping. A, little, having sleep a little, little bit of brekkie. Yep. And uh, it was a pretty entertaining game yesterday, but mm. today's Cincinnati no, good. game, well, it was, horrible. It was
3: entertaining from a... So boring. But it was 14-0 after a few minutes. That was entertaining. For the neutral, it wasn't. Well, we wore our... Uh, yes, we. We wore our white stripes, and they are saying that... Uh, we couldn't be seen in amongst the snow.
2: Oh, is that what? you were they camouflaged. hid their way. The Bills True.
3: defenders couldn't see us because we were camouflaged in S- with the snow. Snuck
2: down for a few first downs, did they? That's right. Uh, a couple of yeah. TDs. The mighty Bengals. Um, Why was uh, your uh, second best quarterback in the league, yep. as quoted by you, Josh Allen? Uh, yeah. I did, well, didn't seem very impressed with his performance. No, he didn't play
3: well. And uh, I'm keen to... Uh hear the thoughts of Steve Salisbury on uh, Josh Allen because As 3 years in a row he uh he and the Bills have come up a little short at either the final hurdle or the second last hurdle so very interested to see Trade him. uh what uh, what Steve Salisbury has to say I tell you what when you were uh mentioning uh, the uh expensive the, nature the of, of life living. um I uh I my my twins were t- uh, two today They're both turned two as On the twins. same day. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Um, and we took them somewhere in Melbourne. Where'd you? Go? I won't name the place, but oh. we took them to a, a, a we took them to an Aqua Marine Park <laughs> based in oh, the CBD. In of the Melbourne. Central
2: Business District. Okay. I won't name we the won't venue, name the place. But... Uh, and um, wasn't uh, cheap, was it? No. Cost you an arm and a leg to get in there. Cost a lot. Yeah. Talk uh, Let's talk figures. <laughs> Well, it's, about, it's around 50 ahead What about get you, in. What was your day, bottom line? So you took the twins out, you yeah. and the Dale, twins. Two vehicles to park. Two I vehicles. Because I had to come to work and they had to get home. That's double parking. Now,
3: I'll probably get a bit of flack for this, but we brought the nanny up with this. Oh, no, you've lost,
2: you've lost well, any three kids sense three of credibility about being in the real world. One adult, <laughs> one kid. we brought the nanny up. Uh we brought Fran Drescher with you. Yeah.
3: And and we we actually got through the gift shop because you know how they have the yeah you have to roll exit. through at the end. We got through unscathed, <coughs> unscathed. We didn't buy anything from the gift well, shop. Well, you couldn't, and Once we didn't. You had to pay for the nanny. We didn't two parks. The, the photos. You know the photos yeah. you take in the in front of the green screen. Maybe
2: twenty five bucks a shot. We got through.
3: That? We got through uh, without having those, having to purchase those as well. So, so that saved us about
2: sixty. Right? So your afternoon was probably around two hundred, was it? Well probably three three fifty oh, yeah. after you pay the nanny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to have a, a, a conversation with our listeners about, you know, how expensive the world is getting and how See tough how it is to is pay the bills. Unbelievable. Stuff. It. How hard it is out, out there in the real world and you've come rolling in saying it's expensive because we had to take the nanny. To the aquarium. <laughs> oh, sorry, the Aquamarine Park, which yeah. isn't the aquarium. I
3: didn't say we went to the aquarium. I said we went to an Aquamarine oh, Park. No, and in, you brought in the, the city centre.
2: So, I mean, I'm trying to have a, a discussion here, and well, you are just yeah, not—you're not living it is, it the same is, life as us. It
3: is a difficult time. Us mere mortals. A lot of people are struggling financially, and and, and I'm being serious for a moment. A lot of people are struggling. I've got a nanny. Things cost a lot, but on a on a facetious level, on a fun level, what are the things in life that cost? A little bit too much,
2: what, and they snuck up on us. We as know, well. you
3: know, we know the pies at the footy, yep. you know, a couple of beers at the footy. We know that sort of stuff. We know but diesels too. Fitty, yeah. What else is too expensive in life? Just you know, facetiously, just what a little bit of
2: fun. What about just everything when you don't, order... don't come at us with your house rates? Because <laughs> we we know they. We are. know that everyone's you know when you've come out of you your know. fixed term, the variables jumped up. Yes. we understand that. Yes, if you've got a mortgage. All those sorts of things, <laughs> just the little fun things, you know, a pair of s- sneakers or just something fun. So... everything off the room service menu is outrageous. Yeah. So oh. two, you know, the little cans of Coke, not mm. the not even not the three seventy fivers.
3: Oh, the little the minis, the little
2: two fifty shot ones. You go banging. Seven ninety nine. Ten bucks for two not little $7.99, cans. Not Seven ninety nine dipper. Ten bucks for two little cans. What? That's five dollars each. Well, my mathematics is. See there.
3: Wow! Wow! That's,
2: wow! So let us know.
3: That's outrageous. Jump on the line one three hundred seven three six seven three six, the uh, King Island Golf Talkback line, if you don't mind. Play King Island's pure Lynx golf courses.
2: What are what are what are just what are the small things in life that are just too darn everything expensive? You know, fast food now is quite expensive. Mm-hmm. Like you used to be able to roll through at the, the not drive Maccas. through, Maccas apart from are Maccas, still very well. Apart priced. from Macca's, those other um, fast food establishments, mm. you take your kids through there now, you get a few meals, sixty bucks. Mm. Where's, where did this happen? When mm. did this happen? When it's really it just up snuck us. up on. And us, whose fault is it? it? Well, it's not mine. Uh, it's that blo- isn't it the bloke in Russia, uh, Vlad? It's his fault. Uh, let us know.
3: <laughs> let us know. Putin on the forty wings temper text He's as Putin-ness. well. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. What are the small things in life that are just way too darn expensive? Uh, let's. There's plenty. There's plenty. Now you've so you've come Everything. up with two hundred mil cans of
2: coke. Two fifty. Five bucks. That's silly. That's just it's insulting.
3: The uh the, the, the forty wings temper's gone off already. Car hire gone through the roof. I actually had noticed <laughs> that. We I went to um Christchurch uh over the break and tried to hire a vehicle and oh my goodness gracious. Cheaper man. to buy one. Yeah, should have just yeah, should've went and bought a Toyota Yaris. it would have been cheaper. So that's a uh a BMW a very- from Berwick. Yeah, very astute uh, selection from uh, mm-hmm. Burton Thornbury. The car hire prices have just gone through the
2: uh, roof. Good one here from four, Lucas. Four fifty to five dollars for a bag of ice. Yeah, I've that's never Lucas from that. North Yarrambat. And a, uh, they sting you. a block, you go A block too.
3: of ice is dearer than a uh, bag of crushed ice. <laughs> yeah, really. Dollar dollar extra, I think. That's outrageous, isn't it? It's
2: more, more versatile. Because got once more, it's crushed, you can't
3: uncrush it. it.
2: Weighs the same, though, doesn't it?
3: Doesn't it weigh the same? You can't uncrush a bag of crushed ice, can you, Rod?
2: There's two. Uh, <clears throat> Brad said margarine and uh, Callum from Port Adelaide. The cost yeah, of my butler has become there. outrageous. So there's one for you. What, is, your but, is your butler that, expensive?
3: I thought that said the cost of butter, but he's, <laughs> yeah, the cost
2: he's of my butler. Having yeah, dig look, you dig not you
3: won't get much. you've got your nanny. Yeah, didn't know butlers work in Port Adelaide, to be fair.
2: <laughs> smashed avocado well that's been that's,
3: oh that's your own it's been fault. on the agenda for a it's your few own years fault for now. eating it
2: you don't like smashed avocado
3: don't mm. like avocado at all okay the texture's just awful mm. awful well, uh, yeah. let us know jump on the line what are the small things in life that have just become a little bit too expensive uh, Mickey Boy's in Essendon and he's got one for us off the top uh, Michael thanks for opening the bowling what is just a little bit too expensive in your life
0: now Coons, I, I know you're more of a KFC man, but have you ever had a footlong uh, uh, meatball sub?
2: Yeah, t- That'd that, that, that set you back fifteen bucks now. Yeah,
0: sixteen dollars. really five or six bucks? Sixteen dollars for a meatball footlong sub. I nearly died when oh. they charged me that.
2: And then you, you get your uh, uh, you get your coke as well, and maybe a couple of cookies. You're well over twenty bucks.
0: <laughs> no change out of twenty Tim. Unbelievable. Tough
2: out there. Uh,
3: I like it, Michael. Uh, thanks for uh, opening the uh, the bowling for us. Uh, Zoe out the back su- has suggested iced coffee. Well,
2: who drinks iced coffee, Zoe? And she's paying like, too like much the, for it
3: out of the carton. Yeah, that's partial. sure.
2: Farm, Farmers Union, good well, that, South Australian brand. That's nonsense. That stuff. <laughs> I like. I'm quite partial a to an ice. Cardboard coffee. box of sugar when you're hungover though. Oh, it just gives you the zip that you need to get your please. up and going. Uh, Airport sandwiches is a good one yeah, from Zoe yeah. as well. And, and even not at, only are they the expensive, servo, they're stale. At the servo as well, you, they could be $11 for an egg and lettuce, which is like cardboard. So
3: Zoe's trying to justify her iced coffee. She's saying uh, she than, should be a little more focused on her own show than our show. But anyway, uh, it costs more than a normal coffee. But it's full of ice. It doesn't make sense.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brad, a ripping one. Footy boots. Have you have you been and seen the price of? I know you haven't paid for a pair of footy boots for. I'm about to. A decade. I'm about to though. See, so like not paying for boots for you. No, I'll buy my own. She's paying for everything else, <laughs> from what I hear.
3: Three hundred and thirty. Yep. The pair that I've been wearing, and I was plastic crap. They yeah. are. Oh well, not the pumas. Plastic
2: been, crap.
3: Not the pumas that I've been rolling around yeah. in.
2: Pink, oh. green
3: stripes. Oh. Is
2: that fair, Dinkum? Plastic.
3: <laughs> Can you read that off the screen in the green text? A
2: Rod premium dating app memberships. <laughs> yeah, and he what would be
3: talking. He would know too. What are we talking? How much are we he talking? talking?
2: Bumble. He'd be on Tinder. He'd be on Grindr. He'd be on them all, Rod. He doesn't discriminate. But what are we talking? Yeah, premium Two bucks memberships
3: on every one of them. Two bucks a month. No. Ten bucks a, $10 a month. Ten dollars
2: a month. For better premium, off,
3: better off getting Foxtel. Uh, potato cakes are two bucks in Epping now.
2: Two dollars is that expensive? Is that a- oh, I feel like that's pretty reasonable for a potato mm. cake.
3: And the uh, lucky last before we get to a break is from Unsure. It says not you two again. So uh, there's a bit of uh, confidence for your socks,
2: uh, Adam Kearney. do all right, all right, Andy and Andy, you'll be back soon.
3: Uh, <laughs> Hang in there, guys. A huge. Only a few more days of huge, us. Huge. One more week. I think they're back next Monday. Uh, huge show today. Uh, Steve Salisbury to talk the NFL. Dean Vickerman to talk uh, NBL action and Adam Peacock to speak about the tennis. But bef- no, we're going to go to a break. Oh. Bretton Snorbs will hang on for us. Sorry, Brett O, but we'll get to you straight off the back of the break. Uh, let's go to our first break. This is the Tradies Hour for Ace Gators, Australian made, built to last. It certainly is. And I promised we'd get to Bretton and Snorbs straight out of the uh, break. So uh, let's keep that promise. Uh, Brett O, good afternoon.
1: Yeah, good afternoon, boys. Hey, uh, Rod, Rod's not on any dating sites because he's been banned from them all.
3: <laughs> oh, the old fake uh, fake account, hey, fake th- profile, never went astray.
1: <laughs> uh, you'd know about that, JJ, wouldn't you? <laughs> hey, listen.
3: Old two phones, Rod, they call him.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, I've got two for you. The first is uh, since they changed those bloody halogen light globes, They've yeah. gone through the roof. The price of skyrocketed. skyrocket, wouldn't want one of those babies to blow.
3: Yes, that's uh, a good one. Yeah, I like De- it.
1: second De- one's the biggest scam of all, and that's bottled water. Fair dink, yeah. some numpty getting water from a lake, and you're <laughs> paying five fifty for for a bottle, for a small bottle.
3: I'm hearing you. Get real. I'm hearing you. Yeah, bottled water is a bit of a nonsense, isn't there it? There
2: is one uh, large retailer that sells bottled water, but it is just tap water. Is so. it? Yep. I forget which one. Oh, so I won't name and shame, but there is one that sells for a reasonable price. Mm. Tap water, right? Not uh, even Brett, claiming good to on be you. out of Mount Frank. Thanks for your call, uh,
3: Brett and Snobs. Marty's in uh, Diamond Creek. Good afternoon, Martin. Good
1: afternoon, gentlemen. Sorry about my voice, but it's a uh, long COVID. Sorry. All
3: good. Go for it. What have you got for us?
4: My favourite little bottle shop has a Eastgate Shiraz for forty-five dollars, and three door down from him. A lofty little restaurant selling the same one over the table for 125. <laughs> you are joking.
2: Me. That's a markup and nope. a half.
4: It is indeed.
2: Usually they double up. I think on things like bottles of wine when you go to a restaurant. Mm. Compared to you expect when a little markup, but... you expect that for the service. But that's a, seri- uh, well, that's a serious Marty, mark-up.
3: I suggest you find somewhere else to get your little bottle of shiraz. But uh, we appreciate uh, the call. It's a heap off the 40 winks. Uh, temper text as well. Uh, Adam, if you'd like to just r- start rolling f- through a few of those. A
2: lot of people not happy the price of a potato chip. Uh, allegedly, the uh I didn't know that sandboys were still around. But in New South Wales, 7 dollars 7 dollars for a pack of chips. And Barn they're, half, Mies, they're half empty. Barn Me's have doubled in the last few years, mm. probably due to popularity. Mm. Bait. You, yeah, you I like, like, like a this fish. one. 10 bucks Fishing for a bait. small container of worms. Little container Josh of said.
3: worms. And sometimes you... Uh, I've been known to go through the uh, little bucket of
2: worms, and there's only two or three worms in there. It's all dirt. All soil. Just all soil. Soil themselves. Um, <laughs> that's this a is good one. A, this, this is one that's crept up on us, and it is an absolute travesty. The price of a Bunnings sausage. You'd think, well, it used to be dollar 50 did didn't it? Hi. You get a
3: uh, can I'm for a dollar,
2: two fifty for a can and a snag back in the day. I'm pretty confident in
3: saying that I've never had a Bunnings sausage. Ever. (laughs) Every day
2: you continue to disappoint me. Has your nanny had one? (laughs) What about your butler? I don't think I've ever had one. (sighs) You just do not live in the real world. Why not? They they dish them up for brekkie. Have you you ever been to Bunnings? Yeah. You're a big tradie guy. Who eats eats sausages for breakfast? You can have them at other times of the day. You can have them for lunch, would you believe? They stop making them. No, they don't. Um, Onion, sausage, tomato sauce, white bread. That is a culinary delight, oh, and you're missing
3: out. That's set nonsense. I like this one. Uh, oh, uh, some of the juice providers again. We won't name and shame because they might be commercial uh, uh, friends of ours. Uh, the uh, buying a Fair you know a, a crushed, <laughs> crushed, crushed juice. You know they you know they put them in the blender and all those sorts of things. You get those for nine, ten, eleven, twelve bucks just for a yeah, just for a
2: cup. Yep, it's not cheap. It's it, not cheap. A, a lot of um, a lot of chip.
3: Yeah, the chips are through. really yeah. The chips are just coming Potato through. Potato chips,
2: thick and fast. So yeah, mm. keep keep a couple them again on
3: our uh, from out the back. Uh, a pint of Kosciuszko mm-hmm. at College Lawn is sixteen dollars and fifty cents. Sixteen fifty. Uh, a beer at the airport's nineteen. Yeah,
2: Jeepers. So well, it's they've got your corner, don't they, at the airport? And that's one yeah. of the greatest places in the world to have a beer. Is at the airport? Is it? Oh yeah. Knowing you, that you're just about to sail off. What do you get to the Actually, airport so early? When I say sail off, I mean fly. Sail off in the well plane. Might, I tell you what, you, <laughs> into if, the sunset. If you're flying with the red
3: kangaroo at the moment. You might be turning back. Oh, there's a bit going Unbelievable on. Unbelievable stuff.
2: So yeah, um, pro- I think we uh, universally that the price of beer is is outrageous. The markup on it has gone cocoa bananas, particularly with the rise of the craftier stuff. The brick. Lane, oh, yeah, the brick lane stuff is still. We've just had the most
3: expensive nonsensical item come through from Chris in Batemans Bay. Read it out. The darts. Cigarettes are the most... Uh, and I think they're more... Chris says they're 40 a pack. I think they're I think north they're, of that.
2: Yeah. I Cigarettes. thought they were into like nearly 60 bucks for a pack of darts, which I think they're try, They're obviously trying Staggering. to... Staggering. Trying to price people or beginners out of the market. So teenagers but obviously they're addictive. can't... Afford. So
3: therefore people would give
2: up on... Essentials yes, people, to, people to... who are already addicted, Nonsense. but they're trying to price out the kids. So teenagers can't go and buy a pack of cigarettes now. Mm. $60. Like they'd like have to get in a consortium in a syndicate. Let alone a pack of, f- <laughs> let alone Syndicate of 10. They might be underage. Uh,
3: Tony's in Endeavour Hills, wants to speak about the cost of going to the tennis. Uh, good afternoon, Tony.
1: Hey, Josh. Hey, Adam. How are
3: you? We're, we're both going very well. Uh, what have you got for us in terms of uh, the pricing of the tennis?
1: Well, it's not a life luxury, but a polo shirt in the Ralph Lauren uh, shop, $300. I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. A plastic plastic water bottle, $99, was the cheapest thing in there.
2: I beg your pardon. Plastic water, not even the sort of thermo cool ones. (laughs) No. A hundred smackers for a water bottle. That was the cheapest thing. And I presume it comes empty. (laughs) <laughs> the cheapest and the um i think the they're the outfits that the ball kids are wearing 260 dollars for a bag a tote bag you are a dead set i think me. the uh, uh, i think the jackets are 450 from memory i've heard enough yeah. tony
3: thanks for your call uh, i hope you didn't buy it Who's because buy that, that is just absolute give nonsense give us a call but if
2: you have purchased one of those items
3: have you dropped your month's mortgage at the what is it the Polo the AO shop.
2: shop, Ralph Lauren. Jeez, talk about that. What? Well, that's the bag. That's a pla- just seen a that's picture a, of It's the- like a Woolworths bag, <laughs> like that, with the Australian Open. That's two hundred and sixty-nine dollars for that bag. That's a that is a, just a Woolworths bag that you put your shopping in.
3: That's one of the that's one of the more embarrassing things I've ever seen on behalf of. Now I, I'm, I've been trying hard to get into the Australian Open, but they might have lost me on the back of that.
2: Your nanny that- would wear that.
3: That thing,
2: should you carry that around?
3: That thing, open? I'll get her a couple. That thing is <laughs> is nothing more than a Woolies bag. Nothing more, and it's two sixty. Two sixty for that. Whew. my god! Cheese darling.
2: is expensive as well now.
3: Yeah, cheese is very expensive. Very expensive. Uh, let's get to the news, uh, and we just need to gather our thoughts and and we'll feelings finish and emotions here because. Some of this stuff is just absolutely unbelievable. Let's get to the uh 330 news at 333 and we'll be back on the other side name, like,
5: you,
3: but a, bit of, uh, a bit of nasal issue there for April uh, but as as, uh, as always, excellent work from uh, from April but just sounds like she's got a little bit of a cold. We'll check in during yeah, the next we'll break. Out, make sure she's okay. Give uh, me a hell yeah! Yeah, good work. Um, have you Golden got any Vicks. any last um, uh, excessively priced items before?
2: Well, there's a couple. Uh, Michael in Blackburn who's working at the Australian Open currently. Mm-hmm. The jacket they gave him, $400 plus two polos, 150 each. The hats, a bucket hat, $110 oh. for the bucket.
6: It's, dist- it's
2: truly Get disturbing. the bucket and vomit. Uh, JJ's nanny drinks out of oh. a Ralph Lauren water bottle. There's no surprises there. <gasps> footy jumpers, uh, yeah. What does a footy jumper set you back these days? I think an AFL jumper is about one twenty, but it's NRL jerseys,
3: as they call them, you know, got sleeves, a bit more fabric. Uh, uh, they are they're around one sixty, one seventy. The NRL jumpers, a jersey. So I know <sighs> that the the league as a whole, it was one of their agenda items to to bring back the, the price of a of a jumper. Well, has it hasn't worked?
2: What's the material for the NRL jersey? Is it like a I don't know. The old school cotton? No, it's
3: not no. it's not wool. No, no.
2: <laughs> is it no. the same as an AFL one?
3: Look, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not absolutely familiar with what they make NRL jerseys from, but I know they're about one seventy.
2: Someone is selling a signed Adam Cooney footy boot for two fifty on eBay. Probably well, if you rub out the many, uh, uh,
3: signature, you what's what brand of boot is it? That you'd depends. be able to sell it for two seventy five.
2: If it was worn by me, then it should be worth about twenty five dollar.
3: In the Brownlow winning year of, I've already sold them. <laughs> oh,
2: times a time. well, You wore one boot for the whole year. Yeah, just the one. All I needed. Uh, oh, I had kicked a couple on the left. Should have sold told, it.
3: Should have told a few fibs.
2: Sold and... my boots to buy an Australian Open bucket hat. You, <laughs> you should have told
3: a few fibs and told everyone that you wore your uh, you wore a different pair of boots every year of the Brownlow year. Could have sold them twenty two yeah. pairs. Oh, did you make finals? You could have sold more.
2: 2008, mm. uh, yes. We lost uh, an, uh, the first of our three prelims. Oh, beautiful.
3: Um, we are here for Berwick BMW. Start your year in a new BMW and Rotoflex by Bluntstone. Stability meets the freedom to move. Uh, let's get to a quick break because we want to chat to our man Steve Salisbury on all the happenings in the NFL and, in particular, my Cincinnati.
1: Bengals from Beric BMW Rotoflex, world-leading biomechanical design by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Available at participating retailers now.
3: The run home. Uh, it was a huge morning of NFL action. I thought we were going to hear from my man Smoke and Joe Burrow, Joe Snow, uh, but it was a huge morning, uh, Adam Curran. A huge weekend, in fact, yesterday and today uh, of NFL action. It was the Bengals getting past. The Buffalo Bills in the snow. And then we saw a, a bit of a dower contest. But in the end, the San Francisco 49ers remain perfect under the reign of Brock Purdy. They got past the Dallas Cowboys. We saw a couple of games yesterday, which involved Philly getting over the Giants and Kansas City getting past their opponents in the Jag. Steve Salisbury watched it all. He knows all about it and has joined us uh, to talk about it. Steve, good afternoon.
7: Good afternoon, boys. It was uh, a good weekend of football, I felt. Uh, We had two close games and then two kind of blowouts. And if you watch yesterday um, in the morning, Kansas City beating Jacksonville, I didn't think that was much of a surprise. But what I did find surprising was that Mahomes got a high ankle sprain, which is a – God, it's like the Achilles heel to um, offensive players now when you get wrapped, when a, a defender wraps up on you from behind. And I mean, it's something that could happen in AFL as well. And they just sort of put their weight into the back of you. This is happening all the time. So for him to come back and play at the end of that game, um, I thought was pretty impressive. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a very good chance he's going to play next week against Cincinnati as well.
2: We had the X ray, straight off the field, X ray came back clear and was able to play out the game, Steve. How do you think he looked in terms of uh, being 100% fit? And do you think there could oh, be an issue going forward?
7: I did not think he was 100% fit, I'm clearly. I mean, you guys have played uh, at a high level, so you know that when you suffer an injury, you're not 100%, but pretty much zero people on the field are at 100% at this point of the season. So he's gritty and he's tough, and he finds a way to get it done. He is the, uh, uh, he's the quintessential point guard quarterback in that he distributes the ball in the most unorthodox ways, yet it always seems to get to the guy it's supposed to go to. hes I'll tell you what, Mahomes is the scariest quarterback in the league in my mind, and, and um, I'm scared to death that, that my team will have to eventually play against him again. He's, um, he's phenomenal, but I, I think there's very little doubt he will be on the field at the start of next Sunday's game. Well, he is
3: a very scary proposition, Steve, but I want to uh, introduce you to a man who's equally as scary. He's got a new nickname of Joe Snow. Uh, His his name is Joe Burrow. This is uh, him speaking uh, after his team got the dub in Buffalo. Have a listen to Joe Burrow, then we'll get your thoughts on Joe Snow.
8: We talked about it yesterday, just that chip on your shoulder, everyone talking about a neutral AFC Championship game, not even thinking about you guys. How much did that motivate you coming into this?
3: You better send those refunds. (laughs) You better send those refunds, Steve. Uh, The whole league was talking about a Kansas City-Buffalo neutral site uh, venue, uh, but they forgot about Joe Burrow and the Bengals, which they shouldn't have because this same team made the Super Bowl last year, so we should have seen this coming.
7: Well, I, I want to say to you guys that I tipped Cincinnati uh, in that game, and, and the very reason I did that was or two reasons. Uh, I don't think Buffalo's that good. I don't think they execute the way they should. They're completely talented, but they just can't seem to put it together. But Joe Burrow is like the modern-day Joe Montana. The guy, I don't think his heart rate ever gets above, like say, 72 when he's on the field. He is as cool and as composed as any quarterback I've ever seen. Uh, and you're right, man. The, dude, the guy is special. And um, yeah, I, I I actually I kind of think they're going back. I kind of think Joe Burrow's going back to the Super Bowl this year. He just no situation is too big for him. He does what he needs to do when he needs to do it. Um, he's completely composed. He's a leader. Um, I, what can you say about him? The guy is absolutely fabulous. And uh, they were they were the league had anointed the Buffalo Bills like this year. They were going to win the Super Bowl this year. And if you looked at him, I mean. Josh Allen has regressed since Brian Dayball left. He's not the same quarterback he was last year. And I think, you know, Brian Dayball was the OC, the offensive coordinator that was kind of tutoring him for the last few years. And so when he got to his meteoric rise and was playing his best football, he had Brian Dayball working with him every day. And Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator that's running Buffalo now, is not the same guy. And then their coach is a defensive coach. So, they're going to have to do some some soul searching there in Buffalo, and they're going to have to make some moves because you know the window, as you guys know, uh, for championships is is not it, it closes quickly. And, and Buffalo has now had two straight years where they were thought to be the most talented team in the NFL and worthy of getting to uh, the Super Bowl, and they have not gotten themselves to even an AFC Championship game. So.
2: So I was talking to I was talking to Josh about this on air I wanted his top 3 or 4 quarterbacks he rated Josh Allen number 2 in the league uh, back to back to back uh, disappointing playoffs from him do we and you said that the coaching um, has changed over the last couple of years so what well, and I don't watch a lot of the American game but I watch it I thought it was uh, boring and Josh Allen didn't stand out. So, um, is that a fair assessment? On is it over team or, or just him being disappointing personally? Because obviously, a lot of the game he's won and lost with the quarterback.
7: Well, I think th- okay. If you take today, for instance, um, I just think Cincinnati took the punch to them. So Cincinnati dominated the, the, the line of scrimmage on both sides. And from the very beginning of the game, they were dictating the tempo offensively and defensively, which is, I mean, that's where the game is won and lost. It's won in the trenches. Um, As far as, like, so Allen, I think Allen did what he could have done today. But I just think in terms of, like, resourcefulness and and sometimes he tries to do too much because he's extremely talented. And coming out of college, not a lot of people thought he he completed – Fewer than sixty percent of his passes. I think he was like a fifty-five. Josh, you may remember, he's like fifty-five percent completion percentage, Mm. and and typically you want a quarterback in college to be around two-thirds, so sixty-five, sixty-eight, seventy percent, and then that translates into the NFL. But guys who complete fewer than say sixty percent or less than sixty percent of their passes typically don't translate to the NFL. So. I just, it's going to be interesting. I think he's, I would say he may be the most talented. He's right up there with, um, uh, with Justin Herbert and um, with, uh, with Patrick Mahomes and with Joe Burrow. So he's amongst the most talented quarterbacks in the league, but you know, there's a difference that you guys have seen this in the AFL. There are guys who are talented, but just can't make it happen. So uh, a lot of that could be coaching. Uh, I'm not close enough to the Bills to know exactly what's going on. But when I watch him, he's a different player. And it may be that he's pressing too much. He's putting too much um, pressure on himself. You know, when you're the quarterback, uh, you make the most money. Typically, you're the face of the franchise. He's supposed to be a great human being, a good guy, a hard worker. Um, but th- they're going to have to, in this offseason, address a few things if they do think that they're going to get to a Super Bowl.
3: Indeed. Uh, they are got to do some things differently to get over the hump, no doubt about it. What about uh, the Niners and the Cowboys? Of course, it was a gritty game. It was a little dour, but in the end, winning's all that matters. you just got to survive and advance, and that's what San Francisco did. And perfect purdy. He remains perfect as the starting quarterback. Mr. Irrelevant, <laughs> no more.
7: Now nah, you know what? I'm a, I've been a 49er fan for four, over 40 years. And um, this is our third-string quarterback, and he's a rookie. And he has been – and I've watched every game of theirs very closely from beginning to finish. They'll have to go back and watch games over again. He's the most poised quarterback they have. He's the most accurate quarterback they have. Um, and he's 7-0 and as a starter. So – or 7-0. I think he's 6-0 and as a starter because I don't know if he – he started that. He started his second game after Garoppolo got hurt. But he's been fabulous. And with, with a team that's got that many offensive weapons, you just need to distribute the ball. And there was a lot of speculation about whether he'd be able to do that, but he's done it really, really well. And you're right. Today was a really defensively focused game. Um, you got to credit Dallas's defense. They made it really tough on the 49ers. I kind of thought that the game plan that, that Shanahan had set up for Purdy was a little more... Kind of the type of thing he would have done for um, for Garoppolo, and a bit of a departure from what we saw last week, where he just let him sling it. But you know, Shanahan makes six eight million bucks a year for a reason. Mm -hmm. He knows how to coach, and so I'm really 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 happy with the 49ers. I mean, they've been. um, I did not. I mean, they were three and four uh, 12 weeks ago, whatever it was, and I was wondering if this team could make the playoffs. I mean, I knew they had the talent. Uh, It was just a matter of actually playing well and, and getting everybody off in. They had a lot of guys who were injured. So getting guys, getting guys from injury back, has been helpful to them. And believe it or not, this, you know, Garoppolo getting hurt was, um, what's was this, what's the silver line? The silver lining is that we got an actual better quarterback. And I mm. kind of feel like the Niners are going into Philadelphia next week. It's going to be a tight game. Philadelphia is really good, but I kind of think that playoff experience is important. I think, Home field advantage is over is oversold. I don't think it really matters that much anymore, and I actually expect the 49 to go in there and get the win.
3: All right, I like it. I like it. So you're tipping the 49ers, and in a word, because we're going to get to the news, are the Bengals or the Chiefs? I'm
7: going to go with the Bengals. I'm going to go with Joey Burrow. Let's Joey go.
3: Snow, let's you go. Like to call him. Let's go. I like it, uh, Steve Salisbury. Thanks for your time as always, and uh, let's look forward to a big conference championship weekend and beyond. Uh, we thank you for joining us on the Run Home. Thank you, lads. Appreciate it. That was Steve Salisbury, our NFL expert.
1: Oh, what a finish. Djokovic straining every sinew.
4: It's, it's really a roller coaster, honestly. It requires a lot
3: of energy that is being spent from, from my side, mentally and physically as well. I'll take it match by match. I just I, I don't know what awaits, uh, but I, I, I do hope and I have faith for the best. Uh, we're approaching the four o'clock news. That's Novak Djokovic speaking about this famous, infamous, even hammy of his Adam Cooney. Why does he? He's won so no. many times. Why does he talk I, about it all the time?
2: I will ask you that. Okay, because I think you might have a theory on it. Why does he? Well, I think it? It, it's like the losers limp, but he wins. I think it helps his,
3: It helps feed his. Uh, me against the world. No one here wants me to win. I'm up against it. Even though I'm as good as I am, people don't get around me. I'm injured. I'm going to overcome it all adversity. and prove you all wrong. He's making up the adversity. I think he likes to get in the hurt box. That's when he thrives. He's not even hurt. Mm, <laughs> oh, I think he's got a little niggle. I think he's just putting the padding on for fun.
2: Jesus. I'll ask him. Four
3: o'clock news coming up. It most certainly is four minutes past four on a 27-degree day, if you don't mind. A beautiful Monday here in sunny Melbourne, well, our next guest, uh, Josh Jenkins and Adam Cooney in the chair uh, with you for one more week before the Andy and Andy show resumes and uh, takes its mantle atop the radio universe next week. Uh, Our next guest is the head coach of the hottest team in the NBL. Now, he'll be playing it down, I'm sure, but the Melbourne United are on fire they were 5-10, and ten. they've won 9 of their past 11, including a big win over Adelaide in Adelaide on the weekend, 94-87. to 87. The coach of Melbourne United is Dean Vickerman, he's been good enough to jump on the line and uh, have a chat with us. Dean, good afternoon.
0: Yeah, good afternoon,
3: thanks for having me. Uh, talk to us about what you've seen from your squad. Clearly health's played a part, personnel's played a part, you've moved uh, some guys on you've sort of shuffled things around. You've had injuries all over the place. You've probably got to deal with another injury, uh, which we'll get to in a moment. But you must be pleased with the resilience and 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 the ability to to just keep grinding away uh, the, that your guys have shown. You know, particularly in the past couple of months.
0: Yeah, crazy year when you you start to throw all those. Uh, things that have happened throughout the year. But, uh, yeah, you know, at 5 or 10, it it wasn't looking great. and You know, the boys have kind of changed mindset a little bit and and really started to enjoy the ball. And, you know, we value the three-point shot. It was something we were doing well early in the year, so we kind of doubled down on on shooting the three a little bit more and and knew that when Shay and Marcus joined us that, you know, defensively we would just get better automatically with those two in the lineup. But, yeah, there's been, um, you know, Tuck, um, Rajon Tucker just, you know, been phenomenal the second half of the year and just been a really consistent scoring threat and, and moving X to the bench. And, you know, he's been really free and scored 20 points in the last three games as well.
2: Well, you mentioned the three ball uh, and has been particularly important and those uh, the best in the business and has been for a very, very long time, Chris Golding. Helps when you shoot that at 50%, far from 10. And Rajon, uh, not far off that, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, no, Chris, you know, through this period, you know, as a leader, as, as a scorer, um, you know, he's won our kind of club award, you know, regularly in, through this period and voted by his players. And so, you know, not only is he just hunting great shots and shooting it well, you know, defensively, he's he's really locked down and, and just done a great job in, in composing the, in the team in big moments.
2: Did you tell him to be more assertive? Do you need to say anything to him? Because when you're taking 10 triples <laughs> and, and hitting uh, a lot of them, uh, it looks pretty good. Did, do you mention it to him, or because he's such a professional and he's done it for a long time, he knows when and, and where to take those shots?
0: Yeah, you know, I think when we, we made the mindset to just, you know, value the three a little bit more, and, and I think any shooter, um, when their coach kind of says to them, we're a much better team, when we get you 12, you know, ten or twelve three point good three point looks and everybody's made a conscious effort to uh to really screen for him and continue to look for him and he's cutting a little bit harder and shooting it well. And you know, I think it all plays into a, a puzzle of just doing things better. I
3: imagine you didn't have to ask him twice, Dan.
0: <laughs> you know, he when I said uh you know, we kinda sent a text out after we lost uh, uh Perth so, fellas, this is the direction we're going, we're gonna shoot more threes and you know, there's certainly
1: back
3: on the text he was the first one to put a thumbs up to that. Uh, no doubt about it, but he's... Uh, when you've made 1,000 threes in the NBL, uh, which not many have done, uh, there's good reason for giving him the green light. Uh, I just want to talk to you about Ray John Tucker as well. You know, he came in, you know, with a with a big statement and, and you've been someone, you know, you, you certainly said uh, in regards to Isaac Humphries when he spoke out about the referees, you let your guys be themselves. But he certainly backed it up, hasn't he? It's taken him a little while to find his groove, but... Now, he's that kind of alpha dog for you guys. He looks like he really drives the the uh, the attitude of the group and, and has proven himself as the number one scorer in the NBL.
0: Yeah, you know, he's, he's been a really high-level scorer in this, um, you know, the back half of the year. And, you know, a lot of it's to do with his ability just to play at a high pace. And, you know, we keep showing our transition edits and our pace edits. And, you know, if we had... 13, 14, 15 in a, in a game, you know, 10 of them are about him and about how he's pushing the basketball or how he's sprinting. And so, you know, he creates his own offense that way. And when he's defensive rebound and then starting the break, um, and he's a good passer as well. He puts his feet to pain and he sees two people in front of him. He's happy to pass that thing out to the perimeter. But again, his three-point shot is something... Uh, when he came to us that, you know, people played off him. And as the years gone on, I think the scouts changed a little bit about how well they have to guard him from the three. Shay, he's
2: been super since coming back in. It really made a difference. Uh, can you talk to us about the issue that he's suffering at the moment? Is it too bad? Because as I said, he's he's been a point of difference.
0: Yeah, Shay's been fantastic. And um, yeah, you know, he's taken a, another concussion and um, you know, he, he looked pretty good today. And so, you know, we'll continue to assess him over time about how those symptoms respond and um, yeah, hopefully there's a chance to to get him back this year.
3: Uh, Marcus Lee, a guy that you brought in, you know, midway through the season and and his growth as a uh, within your system, you know, he doesn't need plays run for him. He gets on the glass. He's got great length. He protects the rim and he's really found a home with you guys as well.
0: Yeah, you know, in the three import model, it's 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 great to have, you know, one of your imports that are, is a lower usage guy that really, um, you know, doesn't demand the basketball, but is so effective when he's got it. And, you know, Marcus is a great screener. He's getting other people open, um, become this magnificent lob threat that people have to really collapse. When he sets screens and runs on the rim, he plays at a great pace. And, yeah, defensively, rim protection and even his ability to switch onto a guard and use his length. And, um, yeah, been a a real glue guy for us and a a real connector with, you know, the young guys and the older guys on the group.
2: Unpredictable season in terms of results at the moment. Um, New Zealand dropped four in a row, then come out and, and beat Sydney in a really impressive performance. You've got them coming up. Did you see the game? How do you stop them?
0: Yeah, watch the game. Um, yeah, some injuries with the uh, Leathra and Brown, two of their major guards. You know, still sitting out, and um, you know they put a lot on uh, Will McDowell, White, Brantley, and and Pardon, with you know the three guys that um, you know really stood up for him, and Rob Lowe and other guys in in different patches that played great cameos. But yeah, Will, such a fantastic player with the ball in his hand, and um, you know great decision maker. His floater was on the other night. Um, and then those other two guys—they keep running post plays for them. It's—it's it's do you double them? You know what are the what are the coverages that you need to to stop Pardon and Brantley on the block? So um, they've been impressive on the road. They've had an impressive road record all year, and um, we get one more chance to look at them against Brisbane on Thursday night before we we get them back in Auckland on Saturday.
3: Do you, uh, you'll probably say no, but do you do you spend, as a coach, I know that you'll certainly steer the players away from it, but do you spend any time looking at what it, you know, trying to weigh up the numbers and where you're sitting with playing tournaments and all these type of things? Do you spend any energy on that at all?
0: A little bit, you know. The, the office is, is kind of all over it because they're, they're trying to, you know, see if where there's a potential... You know, home game or mm. what's going on with us. You know, so they're spending a lot more time on it than us. And as, as a playing group, we've got instead, fellas. Just, you know, from you know uh, New Year's onwards, and, and all these games, these five games that we've won this year, it's like, fellas, just put our heads down keep trying to win and we'll put our head up at the end of it and see where we where we finish but um, yeah we still feel like if we win our last two games if we got New Zealand and we got Adelaide at home in the last one if we can able to get those I think we deserve to be in the playoffs.
3: No doubt about it you'll be on uh, the best streak in the in the competition if you can get that done. Uh, one last question before we let you go and it's uh, not necessarily about you guys as much but we saw last week the league made the change from, from uh, you know, I guess a more traditional Rookie of the Year award to a Next Generation award. There's a few people with different views on that. Did you Do you have a, a, a feeling on that either way?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, more about timing, you know, when you make these decisions, I think it's always um, a point that we should make major decisions, you know, after our season and leading into the next one so everyone kind of knows how it's... How it's gonna play out and how you when you're talking to players recruiting them about you know this is a you know prospect of of winning this kind of award or different mm. things but um the actual award and and what it's about right now the age you know is is directly uh comparable to what it is to be a development player in our league and and so I think though that I think they've got the age part right um you know. And again, there's not going to be that many imported players of that age. It's probably going to be a guy first year out of college. So, um, yeah, you know, I think think it sits pretty well right now at the the age limit it is.
3: Yeah, well, uh, I probably agree with your sentiments. Uh, You guys had a good win in Adelaide on the weekend, but uh, it won't mean much if you can't go and get the job done uh, against the Breakers. So uh, you know all too well about them. Dean Vickerman, well done for what you guys have been able to achieve thus far and good luck moving forward.
0: Cheers. Thanks for having me.
3: There's Dean Vickerman, the head coach of Melbourne United, who are absolutely flying, Adam Kearney. Speaking of flying, some uh, Australian Open uh, scores. So currently in action is the number five seed against the number nine seed, Rublev and Olga Rune, the uh, Dane. Uh, Rublev won the first set 6-3, but he's trailing Rune in the second 4-1. So that game's quite even. The Americans are going at it on John Kane Arena. Uh, JJ Wolf, the fellow Cincinnati Bengals. Big Bengals fan. He, uh, he won the first set against Shelton 7-6. Shelton's leading the second set two games to one. We know about the big clash tonight on Rod Laver. The Demon Alex Diminor against Novak Djokovic. The uh, the number 22 seed against the number four seed. And that will be absolutely raucous tonight at Rod Laver. Uh, We've seen uh, Caroline Garcia, the number four seed, go down against Lynette, the Polish uh, superstar, 7664. So the number four seed is gone. So the top seeds on the women's side are just dropping like flies. We saw the number one seed, Iga Sriyantek, number one player in the world. Just look, average yesterday. Mm. Absolutely average in her uh, game. Sabalenka, the number five seed, got it done against Benchic, the number 12 seed, 7-5, 6-2. Uh, and then some uh, some games this evening on the women's side as well. And um, a question, are we throwing at Adam Peacock. Peacock? Because I have no idea why. But Jessica Pegula and Coco Goff have teamed up to play doubles. And they got the job done today, 6462 at Kia Arena. So uh, plenty happening, as we should expect, uh, as we enter the business end of the Australian Open.
2: Keeping their fitness up, the girls, between uh, singles oh, matches. Playing Matt, every day, that's a commitment. Well, we know that they probably need some <laughs> cash tonguing. as
3: well. I'd be absolutely tonguing.
2: Oh, you reckon she needs the cash? <laughs> Just a couple of extra dollars
3: in the coffers. And the Buffalo Bills are worth about 5 or $6 billion.
2: Bad day for the Bills.
3: Um... Did you see United's performance against the thirty sixes on the weekend in the City of Churches? They are they're hot,
2: hot. They are as hot as hot. And uh, you're a big, you're a big XRM fan. Mm-hmm. You didn't mention him to Dean Vic- Vickerman. I well, you might have pumped his tyres up as well.
3: I like the man, and sport, I think he's a good player. Twenty. He'll be. a Corey Homicide Williams said this on our show last week. Well, the show that we're mining for the great Andy and Andy. Um, it's
2: our show for
3: the now. Radio. Uh, uh, giants that they are, the Goliaths of the radio, uh, that uh, XRM would probably be on the move if he was running the show for Melbourne United. Really? They've, they've sort of moved him to the bench and asked him to shoot less and distribute more. He's a great player. There's no doubt about it. But um, Ray John Tucker and Marcus Lee certainly fit into that squad a lot better than he does, perhaps.
2: Yeah. Uh, 28 minutes uh, on the floor. Uh, he played a
3: great game against Adelaide. There's no doubt points. about that. Mm. It's probably more about the fit than it is the, uh, the ability of the man.
2: Six from 10 from mm. outside the arc. He's good in 60%. commentary as well.
3: He's good in commentary. Uh, Moza in uh, Cobden's Jump on the 40 Winks temper text. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks serious about sleep and temper. Consumer's choice winner. Temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. What's the salary cap in the NBL? And what would the annual wage of an NBL player be? Well, great question. I think the cap's around two million, maybe just shy off. Uh, and I'm not necessarily sure of the average wage. Off, we'll find out.
2: Do they pay imports outside the cap, or is a-
3: there room for one? Again, I'm not. Again, I'm. I'm pretty sure. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think there's a. There is a marquee player rule, so yeah. I believe one player can get paid outside the cap. There's a um, rule that you can pay. Uh, an Asian player outside the cap as well, I believe. Uh, just to tap into that big Asian market, of yep. course. So Joe Chi, yeah, I'll Who's send a little text. Gone home. Send a little text out and see. Get try and get those exact details. So but, um, more
2: than what you got paid when you were training at the. You Christ? could say
3: that. Yeah. You,
2: yep. yep. Half price macas though.
3: Yeah. See that five dollar note you've got over there. Yeah. That's that's, <laughs> that's about uh, it. That's that's about how well I was going uh, when I was running around with the uh, now defunct. Townsville Crocs. And they're not defunct because uh, we ran and broke. That is for damn sure. Uh, Dean Vickerman was our guest. Uh, Plenty uh, more to come, too, on the run home. We haven't got to our man, man the Peacock, yet. We'll get to Adam Peacock after five because a big night at the Australian Open. Just repeating the uh, big news on the tennis front. Caroline Garcia, one of the top seeds on the women's side. She lost her match in straight sets. She is done. All right. This is where you and I go head to head. You said uh, I've been. You said Adam Kearney, me that you've been just scouring through the player and club lists for 2023. And word. I said, well, guess what? I've been doing the same. We've so double scoured. Who is your best side if fit? This is for any time fitness. Make your own rules with any time fitness.
2: Okay.
3: Um, your best 23. On paper. Now, we understand games aren't decided on paper, but... That's where they start. That's where we start. That's where we have a bit of fun with them. So, where did you land? And I'll tell you where I landed. And then we're going to go uh, position group for p- position group. Okay. Blow for blow.
2: I'll start with my back six for the Carlton So, you're saying Carlton club. have got the best...
3: Carlton. ...on paper, 23... For 23.
2: It's not far off. Uh, the issue that Carlton may have and may have had in the past is fitness. My back six is this Lewis Young in the back pocket, mm. Jacob Weedering mm. hold down full back, Sam Doherty in the other back pocket. Strong. Got Adam Sard and Zach Williams as my half back flanking rebounders, and Mitch McGovern to hold down centre half back. So Doherty. Can get it 30 times. He can intercept. He loves to help out in the air, which I think is a huge positive. Mm. Lewis Young is your lockdown man. Yep. And he'll give the ball Had a great to season, give the ball. He did. He give the ball to Zach Williams and Adam Saad. Adam Saad can defend one-on-one, but mm. you'd probably rather him being a more offensive player. But Zach Williams, is quite offensive. Loves to attack. I was to offend, he offends us with his uh, Well, I'm, I'm going to
3: match your back six with my back six. Uh, I've gone Stasevich, Harris Andrews, Daniel Rich to mm. take the kickouts, of course.
2: Back pocket for Richie,
3: Kitty Coleman on half back flank, yeah, made good strides. Darcy Gardner, I've gone a little small, and uh, young Will Ashcroft, well, half back flank, yes, Dacos style. Plying his trade in the the back Get in his hands. Get him the seed. Don't like it. Um, I don't know about it. All right.
2: What about, so Gardner, is he capable of locking down the big big dogs? Marcus Adams goes with
3: the concussion. We wish him well. Payne was the option. But I've always been, as a player who played on these type of guys, I would prefer to play on a big Payne. Of the Jackson variety, yes. then I would to play on someone like Gardner. Who, Why? Because
2: uh, Gardner what, can. What would be what would worry you about playing on Gardner?
3: Uh, it's harder to against pain. You would feel a little more comfortable being able to get on the lead and get it on the ground and do it for different things. Of course, it could body you up, and and uh, but you'd feel pretty comfortable. Just you know being more agile, getting on the move, getting up, getting back. those has got him for
2: footy smarts, you think.
3: Uh, whereas Gardner, yes, he might give away a little bit of size, but you don't get very many 1v1s, genuine 1v1s where you can overpower someone. So he's got the agility. He's got the movement. He's got the smart. And you know what he does? He'd be able to go and make you look a little silly in terms of going and third upping in another contest and doing those types of things. Mm, okay. So that's why I would, I would. now some weeks you'd say, no, nah, look, we've got to play another big guy. But I'll be happy to play Gardner as a, as the second key defender. Where do you see Harris
2: Andrews at?
3: I don't see the issues that people, to me, seem to create. Well, he was on his way to superstardom, at
2: but one he stage. has he
3: has he carries a he carries a hefty load because they do have a few guys back there who are there to attack more so than defend. So at different stages, I think he does get caught. He might get ragdolled every now and then because he's in that mindset of "I've got to help this guy, I've got to help this guy, I've got to help this guy." And all of a sudden, oh jeez, I forgot about I forgot about my guy who's 105 kilos and pushed me out of the road. Needs more support. Well, uh, yeah, I, I feel for him in a sense. I think he's a, and he's one of those guys who just moves in a way that people can be critical of. People are critical of, you know, just the way someone moves. They look like they're not trying hard enough, or they hang their head, or whatever.
2: Yep, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's fair. So. The, Question mark I had over uh, my Carlton back six Mm. is uh, the small forward, the elite small forward getting a hold of you. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. who's gonna out of my back six? Who is going to stop a Charlie Cameron if he's on fire? All right. Let's someone of that ilk.
3: Let's whiz through uh, the midfield. Let's go the wings and the uh, ruck. Division.
2: Look, I've got Blake Akers starting mm-hmm. on the wing. Like it. Paddy Cripps, obviously, in the guts. Uh, O'Brien on the other wing. Like him. Until Sam Walsh gets back. Yep. I've got Tom DeConing as my starting runner. Like it. I think he's uh, ready to go. Yep. I think he's ready to break I'm out. I'm uh, And then uh, the two recruits, uh, Chera and Hewitt. Like it. In the midfield. Pretty strong. Uh,
3: I've got uh, McCluggage back to a wing. He's a superstar out there. Lockie Neal speaks for himself. And I'm going to put Dane Zorko out in the wing this year and see whether he can provide a bit of run. Mm-hmm. Some rebound 50s and some inside 50s. Okay. Very important for a winger. And then across uh, the Ruck division, Big O, Oscar McInerney. Uh, Jared Berry, the finals version. If he can be somewhere close to that finals version, yep. running off or running with good midfielders, big midfielders, he'll be very valuable. And a uh, man named Josh Dunkley slots in.
2: Very nice. So, so um, does... does... Ashcroft get a run through there? Or Perhaps. is it just a Dacos roll try and Perhaps. rebound and cruise around? Perhaps. He's he a might. mid he's just if we need he's him. a pure mid, isn't he? No. no Ashcroft? No, no. Uh forward line. So read them out to me again quickly. The mids just uh McCluggage, yep.
3: Neil and Zorko. Yep. And then Oscar McInerney, Dunkley and Berry. Berry. Jared Berry. Strong. Uh, forward line. This is where I start to separate.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, Zach Fisher, half forward flank. Like I, him. Like the cut Good of player. his jib. Sir yep. Charles, uh, centre half forward. Yes. Kennedy, I've got on the other half forward flank. In yeah. a pretty reasonable year. I'm going to back Jack Martin in the other uh, forward pocket. I think there's some frustration there with Carlton supporters about mm-hmm. uh, his inconsistencies. Big H uh, at full forward. And Jesse Motlop. Like oh, him. I'm going to give him a go starting in the forward pocket. Mm. So... My question marks. Uh, you go through your forward six, and then we'll go. Through uh, the my forward marks six: on the
3: bench. Zach Bailey, who I uh, I think everyone loves; Joe Danaher; Jackson Gunston as a nice acquisition from uh, the uh, Hawkers uh, in the forward line; uh, Cam Rayner; Hipwood and Charlie Cameron. Oof. That's a very fine forward six. It's
2: very, when they're on, that's going to be really hard to stop. Be very hard
3: to stop. Be very hard to get a kick in there because <laughs> yes. there'll be a lot of guys lining up for goals.
2: Well, uh, you'd probably want the ball in Jack Gunston's hands because mm. he's the man who does kick it straight. The others can be wayward. Okay, yes, they can, but they can
3: also be incredibly dynamic. Eric, uh, Joe, d-
2: Bailey, yes, and even uh, Cameron, Charlie Cameron as well. It Can be a little bit. Can be uh, It Can be. The uh, and then
3: I had uh, on the bench. I had Jared Lyons. Uh, Jasper Fletcher,
2: Jasper's in.
3: Lincoln McCarthy, Connor McKenna,
2: oh. who's joined
3: from uh, Ireland. You just and Darcy Fort, because there's five on the bench, they'll be able to have their ruckman. They love to play the two rucks. Yep. And instead of having him as a sub, he'll be there as the twenty third player okay. uh, per se. So that's my squad.
2: Well, that that was the reason that the twenty third man is uh, Marcus Pitternet for me for the, right. the double ruck duel. If uh, if Tommy needs a spell. Nick Newman slides on the pine. Uh, Corey Durden uh, got the nod over Owies. And Jack Silvani, who I really wanted to put him somewhere on the field in the starting 18, could easily do it. But um, Carlton fans love him. He fills holes mm-hmm. and um, he's an ultra-competitive guy. So he's in on the pine.
3: All right. There it is. Uh, mine was Brisbane. Adams was at Carlton. Let us know. one three hundred seven 736 Who's got the best on paper? 23 for season 2023.
2: I'm I'm happy to cop the L. Our best
3: sides were for Anytime Fitness. Make your own rules at Anytime Fitness. Let's get to April in the newsroom and then we'll come back and just break it all down.
2: Uh, Bevo and their crew, Bont. Got the uh, patent over it, do they? The trademark. Mm, they do. Starts punch ons, that's They do.
3: Uh, we've got a few prizes to give away just to uh, a little bit of inducement to uh, encourage a few to ring up. We want people to be courageous and let us know uh, who has the best on paper 23 for season 2023. So jump on the talkback uh, line for King Island Golf Play, King Island's Pure Links Golf Courses. Today, one three hundred seven 736 Who's got the best uh, on paper? 23 for season 2023. We've got a Signet Boost Power Bank valued at fifty nine ninety five to give away. They are as good as it gets. They can start your car. They can start a vehicle. Uh, and we've also got 18 holes of golf for you and a mate with a cart at Club Mandalay. So jump on the line. Let us know.
2: He looks like he has found a place where he might be able to punch one out here. <laughs>
3: Is that you? Is that you, Radar? Yeah. Uh, we've got, um, speaking of Radar, uh, Peter says the Carlton show started a week earlier. <laughs> we <laughs> well, I, I quite enjoyed Carlton. It, the Carlton texts that come through and uh, good old Andy's on the, uh, on the show.
2: Bit of Carlton chat just before Andy and Andy get back. Mm. You know, now
3: I feel
1: quite so. cheeky.
2: Um, Jack Silvani in our best 18. That's off the temper text line. Well, I just didn't know where to put him. Mm. Above, I mean, he could... Start at half forward. Did you have him on the inner Yeah, he's on the pine. Yep. Well, that's yeah. all right. I mean, if you're, these days, really if you are into twenty
3: three, it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, you are on within four minutes. Yeah, that's right. Probably. Um, few texts
3: here on the forty wings ten text. No prizes for the text line though. No. You got to ring up. You got to just converse with us. Uh, got to have a good back line to win a flag. Brisbane's back line is gross. Well, that's a little bit <laughs> over the
2: top. Yeah, it's not the it's not the strongest back six. Well,
3: it's not the strongest aspect of their team. Uh, but they're not really built as a defensive squad. They're built well, they like to score. To. They're
2: high octane. Uh, do
3: you think
2: that they need to tweak that because oh, they've missed I, out?
3: I, you know, in my, with my neutral cap on, I'm uh, I cheer for them to do really well because I want to see the attacking teams do well. I don't want to see the defensive slugfests. Mm. I don't want to see that. Uh, your,
2: your team did both quite well. Well,
3: yes, yeah, so we made a bit of an adjustment to mm. be more attacking. Yep. Give Cameron and Hawkins a bit more opportunity and Tyson,
2: Stengel. Well, and those two were one of the main reasons you were able to attack so well because Stengel and Jeremy Cameron were getting the exit ball at half back, mm. kicking it into the midfielders, and then sprinting back in the fourth That's line right. and
3: marking the footy. That's right. Um, Mr. Jenkins' lines are, have bridesmaids written all over them. Well, maybe, but, um, you know, they look pretty good on paper uh, to me. Uh, someone wants... gee. Mr. Cooney, you might have to work on a full-time deal there. Um, <laughs> can we talk about the World Champs destroying the Sydney Football Club instead? Geelong has the best team on paper. Well, there's no doubt that Geelong have a very, very strong team on paper. No doubt about it. Um, they going, Adam, are, sto-
2: they, are they going again, the Cats? Your
3: boys? Yeah, they'll participate in the competition many, this year.
2: Uh, how many uh, changes can you forecast to the Premiership side?
3: At, at least one. Oh, look, my magnet board sort of says a few. One. Selwood out. Sell it out. TBC in. Mm. Uh, Adam, stop picking on Harris Andrews.
2: No, I wasn't. I was just uh, asking Josh the question about where uh, he thought he was at, and he answered it very well.
3: No, I thought you were picking on him. Uh, Andrews in Hobart's been uh, courageous enough to jump on the phone and lock horns with Adam Cooney. Andrew, good afternoon. How you doing? We are well. Good. How are you?
5: Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, look, um, Brisbane member based in Tassie, uh, Old Fitzroy supporter. Um, yeah, just listen to you guys. Look, I'm really optimistic about Brisbane this year. I think Dunkley and uh, and Gunson, especially, um, young Ashcroft, you know, from all, all reports, will probably play, uh, you know, showing some really strong fall on the track. Um, you know, I think that 23 you had there sounds really, really strong. Obviously, Marcus Adams would be a fantastic inclusion there, but he's not going to play. Um, I noticed today they signed that defender from St Kilda. Um, on a, on a one-year contract and so there must be some people in the know that like him so whether he figures or not i'm yeah a, bit, a little bit not iffy but I think our back line isn't as strong as some but very very happy with the forward line and the and the inclusions and probably very very optimistic that we can probably you know as, as much as I've been since uh, the early 2000 we won the flags i mean I think we're a real chance this year I'm, I'm falling short of saying we'll win the premiership, but I think top four is is a definite. Well, top four should be um, not negotiable, really. Mm. Yeah, uh, unless I like we get it. A really bad run
3: of injuries. I like it, Andrew. Uh, we love your optimism. It's a time of year to be optimistic, and uh, Brisbane fans should be very optimistic. Top four, lock.
2: Oh, ha? oh not a lock, but well, I mean, oh, of course, it's not a lock, but you said is expectations a lock? is that they lock in a top four spot. Uh, indeed, indeed. That's good. Good, like it, positive, Indeed. strong. I really hate to say it. This is from Dean from Shepparton. He's just uh, pivoted sideways. I really hate to say it, but I think the Tigers look great on paper. Go Blues. I I tend to agree, and it's mm. a very still got a very strong list with a few younger players well, taking that next step from
3: the back end of last year. You're going to add Dustin Martin, Jacob Hopper, Jim. Tim Taranto to that squad. Uh, Grimes didn't finish the year healthy, I don't think either. Look yeah, yeah, there's um, a bit left in the tank there. Is it, Go Tigers! Could be top four for Tigers if they Ooh. hold it together. There's a little, a uh, little bit of clickbait stuff. Well, it's not. There.
2: It's not. Um, there's
3: a little bit of baitiness. <laughs> oh boy!
2: A little bit of bait there. A little bit of bait. Well, I think that if you have a look at their additions, their inclusions, and you, as you mentioned, yeah, Dusty a fit Dusty. Back into that. Um, went out to Punt Road and watched him train for a couple of hours and he looks as strong and, and as fit as, mm-hmm. as ever. You did what? What did you just say you did? <laughs> I did. Well, it was, there was a virtual session. Um, <laughs> I, was, I, zoomed, uh,
3: I zoomed in. Uh, Melbourne have the best team on paper. The best two rucks, the best three key defenders and the best duo of pal mids.
2: Three key defenders?
3: Uh, Gorn, uh, sorry, Lever. Yes. May and it's Petty, two. Harrison Petty's a good player. I don't think he's the third best key defender in the game, but no. he's a very good defender. Yes, uh, I like it. But good, now there's no name player. attached there. But um, that's you've only named seven players. There are uh, 16 more that need to make up the squad. So uh, no doubt your top ends incredibly good. We need to see the rest of it. So let us know. Uh, let's get to a break. Uh, because uh, we've got to get to one. That's just what we've been told to do. <laughs> but on the other side, uh, we'll continue on with the best 23 for 23. Uh, most certainly is. Um, we are approaching 5 o'clock. We don't have to go through till 6 tonight. Uh, sports day's back on. 5.30. 5.30. Now, uh, our man, Adam Peacock, who shall not dare let us down. Yeah, he wouldn't want he's to. calling a doubles match right at the moment. And uh, if that game... Uh, continues on into a third set, uh we may not get to speak to our man. So it's
2: a highlight of my day speaking to him. It'll
3: be problematic. Fancy. So he's commentating the kubla Hijikata game, I believe. The Aussies in action against Escobar in mm-hmm. Breck Breckit. Who? <laughs> Brecket. <it>. Breckich <Brickage>. <laughs> Uh, the man who's from a country's flag I don't recognise. Berkic, I don't uh know. So that match was <laughs> the Aussies <laughs> lost 6-1. And now we're in a tie break uh, in the second set. 6-all with the Aussies up 6-5 in that second set. So if so, that goes to a third, which it is one point away from doing so.
2: Is it un-Australian of us we to won't be barracking for Pablo Escobar? <laughs> because we want to speak to Peacock? <laughs>
3: Well, yeah, we're in a pickle, aren't we? Because we want the Aussies to, to, to get through. But if they get through, they have to go to a third set. And if they go to a third set, we haven't got our man, the Peacock.
2: Then we've got half an hour of radio to fill.
3: <laughs> we've got uh, an hour's worth of questions for the Peacock who might to, be joining uh, us. So that's Peter be... Donegan
2: for This Is Your Sporting
3: Life. Speaking of uh, the tennis, Rublev is leading uh, the Big Dane, uh, Holger Roon. A couple of top ten seeds going at it here. Uh, Rublev won the first set 6-3, lost the second 3-6, and is serving to go up five two in the third set, the all important third set. So a nice little move for Rublev in uh, the in his fourth round match against Holger Rune. Uh, Lindsay's on the phone, wants to speak about the Brisbane Lions as well. Uh, Lindsay, you're in Somerville. Good afternoon to you.
4: Afternoon, Josh. Um, Adam, um, look. I liked your team, Josh. I think it was pretty spot on. I, like you, I'm stoked that we can put Ford on the bench. That's going to be yep. fantastic because his big, big O sometimes didn't match up well or got a bit tired, so that's going to be huge for us. Um, but look out for Darcy Wilmot, and mm-hmm. I'll give you another name. A young guy called Kai Lohman, absolutely brilliant in his first game and then number one. his ankles. Is so he number one? Number
3: one. Yes, Bond Yeah. Here, like him. Like, yeah.
4: him, like yeah. him, like him.
3: I like him. Well, the
4: two uh, boys are going to give something.
3: How, um, well, okay, well, how, you know, the lines have been right around the mark. Some people, you know, get disappointed when they consistently have been making prelims. I think that's a, that's a successful little period. We judge everything on winning the premiership, which I think is unfair. But how much optimism have you got, Lindsay, going into this season?
4: Oh, look, I've got a fair amount of optimism. But look, man, it wasn't pretty lo- far, so it wasn't long ago we were on the bottom. Indeed. Um, yeah. And I had no hope. So poor old Chris Fagan hasn't got the the recognition he deserves. It's not easy being an interstate team, being up there, travelling every week. I think he's done a fabulous job. We're thereabouts. That's all you want, mate. You want your team to have a chance. I don't know whether we can win the flag, but but I'm happy. I'm happy with... I
3: like it. I like it, Lindsay. Thanks for the call. They have more than a chance. The Brizzy Lions, with uh, a full bill of health behind Cam Rayner, they can uh, go a long, long way... In season 2023. Let's get a break out of the road. Of course, we're here for Berwick BMW. Start your year in a new BMW and Rotaflex by Blundstone. Stability meets the freedom to move. Uh, Just after five o'clock, we've got another 30 minutes in us, Adam Kearney. uh, 27. Sports person or sports people you've never Warmed to. This has just lit up the phone lines. Absolutely. We'll get through uh Nick and uh, Maddie before we speak to Mark McGowan who's gonna pivot in and join us to talk about the Australian Open. Uh Nick's in Hoppers Crossing. Who's the athlete you've never warmed to, Nick? How
4: are you going, gentlemen? We're I've good. Got three I I just couldn't separate it. I just couldn't separate it. <laughs> the old um times, if you if you look at it the tennis, the left hand up McElroy, the super, but I just it was a good player. I just couldn't stand him. Oh, I couldn't wait for him to lose. <laughs> didn't like his outburst.
3: Oh, okay. But, uh,
4: late, late, he was a little bit when he, at his early, early stages. Yeah, yep. he was hitting and There's miss. A little bit of a bit of a brat there. And yes. um, the one and the only Chock Chock um, Mundine. Ah, yeah. The, the way the way he goes about the boxing, and this and that. Oh, I've been liking his antics. And he wants to retire one day. Next day, he doesn't want to retire. He doesn't doesn't want to leave the game and just makes excuses, this and that. He'd probably be on top of the list, really. Yeah, if I like it. I like it,
3: Nick. Thanks for your call. Uh, Thanks, mate. Uh, let's go to Matty, uh, a man well-known to uh, SEN, Matt Mckeldon co-host of The Driver's Seat. Matt, who have you uh, never warmed to? And good
1: afternoon. Uh, thank you, boys. Just driving along here listening to your afternoon show. Great work. I ah, love thank this, you. Thank As you. I continue to be on school holidays, not returning for another month or so uh, to the show. But... Uh, Look, based on our listeners,
8: mm.
1: I reckon Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen mm. are on Struggle Street when it comes to likability, definitely. I like that. Uh,
3: where does, I hesitate to ask, where does our own Dan Ricardo sit in that uh, uh, space at the moment? The man's a hero. How I mean, deep, uh,
1: oh. the man is clearly loved is by he? all and sundry, mm. all corners of the globe, uh, he is the number one superstar of the Netflix show, Drive to Survive.
8: Mm. Uh,
1: and I think we're all going to be a little the poorer for Danny Rick not being on the grid next year, except for Danny because I still think Danny's earning upwards of probably 15 to 20 mil Whew. just to be uh, driving a test car.
3: Uh, I like it, Matt. Thanks for the call, mate. You enjoy your, uh, your little rest and uh, we look forward to a big year of the driver's seat. Thanks, boys. Is at Matty McKeldon. Let's go to Mark McGowan, who's been uh, good enough to jump in and uh, fill in for Adam Peacock, who has let us down mightily. Uh, Mark McGowan, of course, the age tennis journalist, he's down at uh, Melbourne Park. Uh, Mark, good afternoon, and thanks for stepping in at late notice.
6: How are you, boys, on the on the super sub today?
3: Yeah, no, nah, well, you haven't got, uh, you don't have much to live up to. Our <laughs> man Adam Peacock has let us down. Uh, tell us, you know, there's a bit happening down there. Just let's start off with the game that Adam Peacock's. Actually calling, the Aussies, Kubler and Hijikata have uh, forced that one into a third set and given themselves a chance.
6: They have, they have. The The Aussies are going really well in the doubles this week. We've seen a few upsets. Uh, obviously as wild cards and uh, yeah, hopefully they can uh, make a bit of a deep run. We all know what happened last year with Curios and Kokonakis, so uh, hopefully history is repeating itself.
3: Is there a bit of a crowd starting to form around the Aussies? They're, you know, they're in the third round now trying to uh, advance to the fourth round. Surely the locals are getting around, the boys?
6: Oh, they, they should be. They've got to do their bit. Uh, obviously, we, we love getting a bit of entertainment from the, the Aussie players at this time of year, but uh, the fans have certainly got their part to play as well. In-
2: two games going on in the singles, uh, Mark. And this update is the, First off, the two Americans, uh, JJ and Shelton.
6: Yeah, look, that, that one's a tight one. Uh, obviously, all-American clash. The Americans are dominating this fortnight. Um, Shelton, we know, knocked out Popper and... Uh, only a couple of nights ago. So he's, uh, he's looking like a really promising player. But that's really tight now. Set all, four all in the third set. Shelton, 30 love on serve. So that's uh, a very evenly poised match.
3: Mark, we've buried the lead to some extent. Tonight's going to be massive. Uh, Rod Laver Arena around 7pm or so. We'll see Alex Dimonor, the Aussie, the number 22 seed tackle, Novak Djokovic. So uh, this is probably the game of or the match of the tournament thus far.
6: Oh, absolutely. We're all eyes on that match tonight. Novak obviously always has plenty of attention, but we love seeing an Aussie make a deep run. We've we've made it to the second week, so Alex is the man that we're all riding now. He's the last Aussie left, and this is his big opportunity. He's never been past this stage at any Australian Open, and obviously this is as as big as it gets. You're playing the king of Melbourne Park in in Novak Djokovic, and look, he's going in as the underdog. There's no doubt about that, but we're all... uh, Seeing that hammy that, uh, that Novak keeps mm. talking about, saying he's struggling, we're, we're all uh, sort of doubting it a little bit because we're still seeing him win titles and win matches. But uh, look, if there's any perceived disadvantage there for Novak, uh, Alex is certainly going to make the most of it.
3: Is that the general consensus? We were talking about maybe the, the, the method behind the madness with, with Djokovic and that hammy. Is there, is there a general consensus or a doubt that there's much lingering there? He's sort of playing it up in a sense?
6: Oh, look, it's so hard. Uh, Mark Philippous is uh, is back playing in the Legends Tournament uh, this fortnight, and he was only talking about it earlier today. And and he's sort of saying, look, I called the match the other day, and and I'm not seeing on on the big points when he has to move his best, Mm. he's not seeing any difference. (laughs) So, look, uh, we can only take him on face value, but... uh, I was over in Adelaide when he won the tournament there a couple of weeks ago and he did it in the semi-final there and then went on to win a three-hour final the next, <laughs> the next day um, against Seb Quarter who is into the quarterfinals here as well. So he's, he's beaten someone who's playing some very good tennis at the moment and look, ultimately, I think in the end, as much as we can play it up, uh, he looks still looks pretty good to me.
2: I haven't seen too many people run around for three hours after a torn hamstring. So I think he might be playing a few mind games, but it seems to be working for him. He's uh, still playing some reasonable tennis. So what about the women's side of things? It was a, a huge weekend for seeded players, uh, oh, most negatively, unfortunately. But what are you seeing from the women's side now? Because uh, there was a few upsets. Yeah,
6: look, it's incredibly open this year. And I think we thought that before the tournament started, but it's been an absolute bloodbath on the men's side and the women's side. We've obviously lost Igush Vyontek, who's the number one player in the world. She's out now. And there's a, there's a cast of players now who, most of them, have never won a Grand Slam title before. And, you know, people like Arena you know, Sabalenka is. Is someone who's been a perennial contender, I've been around the mark for a long time, and and she's just looking absolutely dominant this fortnight. She's my pick at this stage, but you've still got Jessica Pagula, who's playing some great tennis, Carolina Pliskova, who's a you know a former world number one, who probably came here with very few expectations externally, um, but she's just quietly snuck through the draw, and she's got still got a massive serve and and can certainly do some damage.
3: Is that is this just where world tennis is at? Have we got an even bunch now that? Particularly on the men's side, you know, Federer, uh, Nadal was you know, clearly knocked out early and, and Djokovic is hampered somewhat. Are we just starting to see things even up a little bit on both, on both, uh, both sides with the men's and the women's?
6: Well, look, the thing is, look, there's still Novak there. Um, we know last year all the COVID vaccine sort of stuff, so he he had to you know, sit out the Australian Open, he had to sit out the US Open. If that didn't happen, he'd still be number one and he'd still be very much a dominant number one. When he was playing last year, he was clearly the best player and that hasn't changed. On the women's side, Iga Sviantec is about 6,000 ranking points clear of the world number two. Mm. So once Ash Barty retired, she took over and has clearly become the dominant player on that side. But having said that, on the men's side, there's a really... really... Really nice group of young players coming through now. And we're seeing one of them on court right now in Holger Rune, who is a huge talent, a former world junior number one. We're seeing guys like Felix Oj, Alias Sim. The world number one on the men's side, uh, technically right now, is is a teenager, Carlos Alcaraz, who's not here. So... Even though Novak probably would have been in that spot if he hadn't uh, had to sit out a couple of events, right now we've got a teenager at the top of the men's game, and I think that's really exciting because we've been waiting for so long for this next crop to, to step up and you know shove aside the Nadals, the Federers, the, the Novaks, and uh, I, I don't think we're going to have to wait for much longer.
3: Uh, Mark, I've got a question for you. Why why do some of the top players in the world, from a singles point of view, I'm talking, you know, Jessica Pagool is a, a great. Example: Why? Why does someone like Jessica Pegula, I'm going to say bother, but why does she participate in the doubles as well? Is that not just surely playing doubles gives her less of a chance of being able to win the singles title as well?
6: No, I, I completely agree. She's actually playing the mixed doubles too. So You're joking it's, me. I'm it's um, so it's innocent. extraordinary. Well, she she got asked the other day, do you just not want to practice in between? And she basically said, No, I don't. So yeah, okay. that's one of those things. I think we hear AFL footballers talk about it as well. I mean, if they could play less, have a shorter preseason, and perhaps play more matches, they probably would do it. Um, you know, training is is clearly not the fun part of any sport, but uh, you have to do it. But uh, in Jessica's case, she uh, she wants to just hit balls in actual match practice in, instead of, uh, you know, training for no reason.
2: It's always better fun playing than it is training, I think, Mark. So uh, very intelligent harder on the body. Well, mixed doubles and doubles isn't too hard, surely. Oh. Oh.
6: Well, Todd, Todd Woodbridge actually talks about uh, his mixed doubles titles bought him a house, so uh, <laughs> yeah. there is a benefit to it. Yeah, of
2: course. Absolutely. Uh, so there's two quarterfinals locked in from the men's side uh, catching off the quarter. Can you preview that one for us, please?
6: I'm I'm very much on the Quarter bandwagon here. As I said earlier, I was in Adelaide there for him, and I bumped into him at the airport. And um, the other night in the in the press conference, uh, he actually basically said I was his lucky charm. So I'm oh. I'm very much on the Quarter bandwagon. And if he, if I ride him through, I might uh, ask for a piece of the the prize money as well. But Absolutely. look, he he's uh, he's playing great tennis. Like he's been hyped for a long time. He's we all know his dad Peter Quarter won the, you know, the the Australian Open title back in 1998 um and he's just it's just a great story his sisters won the australian open golf titles as well and he's just starting to to come through now he's got radek Stepanek, the the former wiley veteran um in his corner now as a coach and he's just it's all coming together for him and he's uh he's had a great tournament one of five setter late yesterday and he, he's coming along really well, but Karen Hatchinov is, is someone who's been around the mark for a while as well. He beat Nick Kyrgios in the US Open last year, so he's a real danger as well. But I, I think Kord is the sort of guy who could come through and, um, and make a final here. I think he's that good. So he, he's my tip in that match, but uh, look, it's very, very open.
2: And the other one locked in is probably the most popular uh, figure out there at the moment, Stefanos Tsitsipas versus Yuri Lehechka.
6: Yeah, yeah Lehechka's the surprise packet. I mean, look, he, he's been coming for a while. Um, he's, he's probably not, hasn't quite hit that mainstream level of, of recognition and people not knowing a lot about him, but uh, the people inside tennis sort of uh, very much regarded him as, as someone who's going to move up and, and be a top 20 player eventually. And But look, Sitsipas, he's been a semifinalist here three times in the past. He's, he's cruising largely. I mean, obviously he had to go through a five-setter to beat Yannick Sinner last night, but other than that, he hadn't dropped a set and He's, a, he's just the, the highest-ranked player in the draw, and he's, he's a great, uh, great talent. He's got Filipousis in his corner, so another Aussie angle there. And, and as we know, the, the Greek population in Melbourne is very strong, so he'll, uh, he'll certainly have the crowd support as well.
3: Well, Mark, uh, st- a stake, your, uh, stake your claim tonight. Alex Diminor against Novak Djokovic. Can he do it? Will he do it? Is there any chance he can knock over Novak?
6: Look, I'm going to be really boring here and say, of course, there's a chance, but I look ultimately, I think, I think Novak's going to be too good there. But, uh, look, as I said earlier, if. If Alex can expose any sort of weakness in that hamstring, um, he'll absolutely do it. You know he's going to give his absolute utmost. He, he's Leighton Hewitt reincarnated, and let's hope he can get it done. But so I think I'm, I'm leaning towards Novak getting it done.
3: Yeah, absolutely. We'll all be watching Alex Dimonor against Novak Djokovic tonight uh, at 7pm. Mark McGowan, thanks so much for jumping in at late notice. We appreciate it, and we'll read all about it from you via The Age. Nice, Marco.
6: Thanks, boys.
3: There's Mark McGowan. Our, uh, our late, last-minute mm. tennis correspondent, and he uh, knows everything that's going on in the world of tennis, of course. The big game tonight, Alex Dimonor against Novak Djokovic. We cannot wait for that. And we also can't wait for this. We've still got a few minutes, so jump on the line. Jump on the King Island Golf Talkback line. Play King Island, uh, play King Island's Pure Links golf courses. Plenty of uh, athletes, unfortunately, who you just haven't been able to warm to. Patrick Dangerfield atop the list. Ooh. Adam Cooney, our very own, uh, makes uh, an appearance. That's from Michael Hayley. Michael Clark, bit of recency bias,
2: yeah, fresh about in that. everyone's mind. <laughs> One another of our own, Dermot. Where Brewing. were you on December seventeen <laughs> Looking at me with a blank look. That's uh, where allegedly Michael Clark was oh. with his oh. ex. Uh, Nick Kyrgios makes the list.
3: Uh, I've made the list because I never talk about the doggies.
2: Fair enough. Too. Greg
3: Norman. He's on the list. David shark? Warner's on the list. Is it the nude shark or is it Masters Shark? <laughs> I don't know. The one we don't like. Uh, so let us know. Who one Who is the sports person, the athlete you've just never been able to warm
2: to? Steph Curry. What? Do you like Steph Curry? The baby face killer. Uh, just everything about him. He always knows there's a camera in front of him. Oh, all, he, the all the American like that. He does it all the time. And the way he carries on and runs around the court like he's he's a four year old pretending he's an aeroplane after he makes a shot in a warm up. <laughs> well, let's
3: I like uh, tell you what the, can't have him. The, our man out the back, so that happy with himself. He's got one call. Uh, Tony's in. No, he's got a few. Tony's yeah. in Endeavour Hills. Topics, uh, who's right. the athlete that you've never been able to warm to, Tony?
1: Dennis Connor, America's Cup captain. Yeah,
2: Sorry. we uh, yeah
3: we had him before. <laughs> I like it, Tony. Why not?
1: Oh, man. I watched that special with uh just uh, arrogant. <laughs>
3: okay, okay we get... yeah yes, thanks, Tony. We appreciate it now, let's just remember to keep things above the belt uh Pete is in North Baldwin uh the athlete you've never been able to just
1: quite warm to pete okay boys i I can't tell you why he's it pains me to say he's probably the greatest ever. He donates to charity. He's a family man. He's never done anything off court. Oh, LBJ. LeBron, oh, you him. are oh, joking God. me. <laughs> Come
8: on. Pete.
1: Why? I just got... I, I don't know. I don't know whether it's his mannerisms, his attitude. I'm prepared to admit that he's the greatest, but I just can't warm to him. Okay, because fair he enough?
2: pretends that he knows lyrics to rap songs and puts them on his
1: Instagram? <laughs> Pete? Could that have something to do and with that, it? It might be. It might also be the, uh, the take-off of... Uh, Space Space Jam. Jam. Oh,
3: yeah, Yeah. that was a bit average. I'll even concede that was average. Uh, Thanks, Pete. Appreciate your call. Uh, Mick's in Waddle Glen. Who's the athlete you can't warm to, Mick?
1: Hey, Josh. Hey, Coons. Hey, Mick. I'm a Mad mad Hawthorne supporter.
3: Matthew
1: Lloyd. Uh, (laughs) Ah, not our man. Lord, oh. When he hit and knocked out Brad Sewell, I wish Campbell Brown knocked him out. (laughs) Daddy.
2: Steady on, yeah,
3: Mick. That was a, that that was, was a little while ago. A fair ago. fracker,
2: nothing in it too. It's a little really. while ago, Sully played it up. Thanks thing. for <laughs> the call, Mick.
3: Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, Virat Kohli's come through off the forty winks temper text. Virat Kohli, oh, is it? Uh, yeah, I can understand. I like, I love. He's
2: Virat. a fiery, fiery customer. Mm. Virat, there's a
3: fair but bit in that, isn't there?
2: You got to respect what he
3: being what he, fiery he does. <laughs> Sizzleman's just. Yeah, we in another half Michael an hour. Jordan. You are Someone's joking. I think. Being a little facetious, um,
2: yeah, there's a bit happening there. Paddy Dangerfield.
3: There aren't many who are getting through this without a little yeah. uppercut. Uh, Benny's some of the better performers. <laughs> Benny's in Bandura. Who have you got for us, Benny?
1: I'm gonna tell you, everyone's gonna get upset, but it's Dermy. Oh come on, you, don't, you don't like. I kind won't of shocked, but I am genuinely, genuinely surprised. <laughs> he's, sh- he's shocked it's, it's at all, that. It's not- it's all the big words that he uses that people just don't understand. Mm. Look, I know he's from Frankston, but he's just got to stop <laughs> using big words.
3: I uh, like it, Benny. Thanks for your call. Uh, Jared's in Sydney. Oh, not another LeBron hater. Come on, Jared.
1: Come on, mate. What about <laughs> when he sat in front of that press conference when he when he was going to Miami and he tells everybody... I'm taking my talents to South Beach. That's <laughs> yeah. what did it for me. Yeah, well, I mean... Absolute tool. That was about <laughs>
3: 15 years ago as well. That You've got to be able to... That cut was man, toolish behaviour, though. Cutting a bit of slack. Imagine uh, if someone did that in the AFL. Won a cup. Well, Dusty did it on the footy show. He announced his... Did you do it?
2: You did a press conference. <laughs> I'm taking my talents to the Cats.
3: Yeah, I'm not going... No, I'm staying in Adelaide. I'm not going to Brisbane, and Brisbane threw a house party. <laughs> uh, Matt's in Adelaide, our last one for the day. Who have you got for us, Matt?
1: I double up here, boys.
3: I'm going to go little baby Warner and his uh, his offside yep. of Candice. Well, yeah, okay. they, 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 they polarise opinion. <laughs> they do, don't they? They do. Yeah. Uh, thanks, for call, thanks for your call, Matty. Thanks for your call, Matty. Sachin Tendulkar is getting a Way. clip here.
2: free
3: absolutely cannot stand Tom Lynch. Hopefully, that's the Adelaide variety. <laughs> right, <Ed. laughs> Hopefully, that's the current VFL coach of the Kangas. Geez, if you've if you've been able to get through the 40 Wings Timber Text or the King Island Talkback line without being mentioned, then you've been a professional. Huh? Jared Healy, that's well. a bit
2: harsh. <laughs> uh,
3: Dangerfield, Selwood, Conor McGregor. Kane everyone's Korns? getting criticised. What? Someone Everyone, doesn't like Kane Corns. Sure. Believe it or not, believe it or not, we'll be back tomorrow. Josh Jenkins, Adam Cooney. It's been heaps of fun. Let's do it all again at 3 o'clock tomorrow.